And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology, here as today's host of Startup Hustle. We're going to be talking about events for Amazon sellers. But before we do that, and before I introduce today's guest, um, I'd love to give a shout out to today's sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has a platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io. Augustus, welcome to the show. Hi, Andrew. It's nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah, well... Um, I know you're dialing in from Portugal and, and it's later over there. So I really appreciate you getting on the show. I love getting a chance to um, introduce our listeners. Uh, I know we have listeners all over the world, but really introducing our listeners to some amazing partners um, that are worldwide. And um, as someone that participated in an Orange Click event um, recently, I think in June, had, had a great time being part of that event, uh, virtual event, one of the best virtual events I've been a part of. Um, and if you guys are on YouTube, you should check it out. You can just type in, of course, for me, Andrew Morgan's Orange Click on YouTube. It'll come up. Um, but there's a lot of great speakers, a lot of great content, um, and a lot of eyes on on the on the on the speaking. So for me, it makes you know it's always about balancing: is this event worth going to? Is this event worth the expense to go as a speaker? And it's really just about getting eyeballs, you know, on and ears listening to what we're kind of trying to say. So an amazing event. Um, but Augustus, before we talk about just like, you know, Amazon events and everything Orange Click is doing and uh, even just your overall thoughts on, on events around the Amazon space, I would love to get um, acquainted with you a little bit better and our listeners understand exactly who you are. Um, take me back to like when you first started uh, maybe entrepreneurship or, or business. Is this something that, you know, was in the family? Is this something that you grew up kind of passionate about? How did you find business? So at the moment, I'm uh, like 40, maybe four years old. And um, I would say like most serious entrepreneurship started six years ago when I started what I'm doing now with the Orange Click. But before that, I was like 15, 20 years, like a digital nomad. I like to travel a lot. It was my passion, okay. especially when I was still studying at university when I was 20 years old. So I would like, I would maybe study, work a bit, but I also travel, like mostly hitchhiking in Europe and then going to Africa and other countries. And uh, uh, yeah. Stop, stop there just for a second. Okay. So you might not know this about me, but I grew up in Africa until I was 16. Um, I'm a French Canadian that was, you know, raised in Africa. My parents were missionaries there. What parts of Africa have you been to? Uh, I was traveling in the East Africa from Ethiopia to South Africa, half by hitchhiking, half by buses of wow. the route. So it was a nice trip. Yes, it, it took me like two months and then I lived in South Africa four months. So, Beautiful place. I think in, in my dream world or like my backup plan is to 
end up in Cape Town, retire my my family to Cape Town. You know, it's beautiful there. Um, no, that's cool. There's not very many people, you know, that have spent even a month's time, much less several months backpacking and, and doing buses in Africa. It definitely gives you a perspective of the world. So I relate to that. Yes. Um, so I was kind of, uh, for many, many years, I was this kind of digital nomad in my mind and uh, borderless. You know, I, I just like to explore different countries. I like to stay in different countries. Then I, about 19 years ago, I met German uh, lady who is now, you know, my wife. So her dream was also to travel the world. So we traveled together for six years, kind of living on the road in a tent in Latin America. I learned uh, Spanish language. And so, and as I say, I was like digital nomad almost 20 years ago, 15 years ago, literally exist. Did that even exist? Were there jobs online, you know, 15, 20 years ago? Yes, I was actually a programmer. I was programming okay. um, websites, and but at that time, there were no, like, really laptops, small ones for traveling. And uh, what I did, I had, like, a USB stick for first two gigabyte size, and I would have all my files uh, there, and I would go to Internet Cafe and sit for eight hours. Wow. And I would load from that USB stick all what I need, all the programs to program and upload to FTP server. And then at some point, uh, my wife, when we were in Chile, she organized, there were appeared these uh, first uh, kind of portable laptops called Asus EEE something. So it was like really small, like two hands uh, big uh, with like four gigabyte or two gigabyte space. And it was working for me also to program. Then, of course, there was no, I could connect to Wi-Fi, but there was no really Wi-Fi. It was year of like 2008, 2009. So okay. it was not yet established. There was a big culture of internet cafes in Latin America when we were traveling. But um, this small laptop helped me not to go to internet cafe. I could just locally install a web server and program and then just bring the you know, files online. I tell you, the the kids of today, uh, Gen Z, have no idea what you're talking about. You know, <laughs> uh, those early days, like I was even as a kid in Africa, it was pretty dangerous where we were. And, um, you know, I obviously got out and about, but a lot of my time was spent, um, you know, you're indoors by curfew and, you know, you I've already done school for the day and there's not a lot to do. So uh, we had like satellite internet, like in the late 90s, 2001. Uh, and I was as a kid, like just hacking stuff and like, you know, just doing, doing DOS prompts and like, you know, um, getting in the back, the back door of websites to, to stream and stuff like that before that. And I can talk to some people now even kind of about some of that process. Cause I was never a full developer or programmer, but, um, they have no idea what I'm talking about, you know, like being able to just like make it work. You had these big desktop computers, um, you know, you built them yourself and then uh, it's just a different time back then. So when you said digital nomad, like, you know, uh, 20 years ago, I was trying to imagine what that looked like because it's really only been the last few years where almost the whole world can imagine now working from home or being a nomad, you know? So before that, if you were doing it, you were rare. It was unique, very, very rare to be doing so. Yes, yes. It's, you know, especially like you did, would not have computer at that time, which you can use. So you would need to, if you're traveling, you need to go to internet cafes. But <laughs> you were talking about 2000, 2001. I remembered I, 
was in 99. I was for half a year. I'm originally from Lithuania and I was studying computer science. It was something new. You know, I started these studies in 96. It was something new, this computer science. I didn't know. I liked mathematics, but computer science was on the wave. So I joined. And then I was, I got like scholarship for half a year to study at university. It was a college, uh, not university in Denmark. So it was like exchange program. So for half a year, it was cool. And I remember in that college in Denmark, it was, everything was so nice. You couldn't sit like until midnight in this college. You have access, uh, not like in my country, which, which is more limited. And I would sit, I had nothing to do, just dormitory and the college. So I would sit and do something. And you mentioned hacking. I was like also uh, trying to hack like passwords of other, uh, my, uh, you know, classmates. <laughs> and yeah, I managed yeah, 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 yeah. Of the emails and email, you know, it's like name and password is name one. <laughs> it's like. So beginner, and, right? And then I was installing some program in different computers in the computer room. And I could I install some software which controls uh, somehow through the network another computer. And I'm in the room, like 20 computers. I'm sitting at one computer and some Danish student and another, another one. And through my admin control, I opened for them, uh, for him a CD, you know, CD drive. <laughs> it comes from his bo- computer he box. And he's out. Like, yeah, like, I'm like, <laughs> almost, I cannot like hold laughing. <laughs> and then I close for him and he's like looking what's happening. <laughs> I was doing such things. Nowadays we'd be in jail, I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. I met, I met, uh, you're from Lithuania. Is that where yes. you're from? Or you were just yes. there at the time? No, I'm from uh, Lithuania. I met a I met a, an amazing uh, consultant at the at the last conference I was at uh, AMZBs. I don't know if you know him or not. But... Kaleidos. Yes. Name, right? I didn't want to try to say it and mess it up. So thank you. <laughs> but he was very kind. He was very kind. Um, I know it's a smaller country, so I'm sure it's a small network around e-commerce as well. Yeah. Okay. So you're you get the laptop. Your wife. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Katya. Katya. All right, so Katya comes back with this Asus, you know, new laptop, and you're using that to, uh, you know, still code and travel. And, um, you know, Latin America is interesting because uh, in, in Congo at the time, uh, one of the best entrepreneurs I've ever met uh, was someone from absolutely zero. His name is Felix Koboza, and he, uh, he, he started finding ways to build wealth and now has, has even sent his kids over, over to the United States for studies, but with Internet cafes. Um, you know, you'd pay like 10 Congolese francs or something, you know, to come in, use the printer. And, uh, I think even calling home back then was $10 a minute if you were calling the U S from Congo. So couldn't afford that. So we would email, you know, we'd, we'd put all the emails on a floppy disk and take them home and write more or like, you know, and you, that, that was like common. Uh, so I, I would assume like in Latin America, it's kind of what you're talking about. Just like these little internet cafes everywhere. No one has a computer at home, but they all kind of use the cafe. Yes. Uh, and so who are you, who are you making websites for at that time? Just freelance, whoever? Actually, um, it happened that um, before we started to travel, like really full-time travel with my future wife, um, I worked at university in Denmark after I finished studies there. I was doing master degree. After... Yeah, my, I finished, you know, four years at my home country. I went for two years to uh, Denmark for master's, also computer science. And uh, I worked at university a little bit and I saved some money. My wife saved some money. So at the beginning, we were spending like $500 for two people per month uh, just traveling in Mexico because we 
spend money only for buying food. And we cooked ourselves. We slept for free and traveled. Uh, transportation was for free because we hitchhiked. And uh, we had some funds for th- for this kind of activity. But then uh, my friend from Denmark, another Lithuanian student, he says, oh, I have an idea and I need to program some card website about cards. And we ended up making affiliate website with the cards for American people to like somehow in America, it's not, uh, not common in Europe, but at that time in 2006, seven uh, in the United States, it was like a big affiliate business where you create a website presenting different bank cards. And if somebody clicks and chooses and signs up, you know, you get like 50 bucks affiliate. So it was his idea and he asked me to program. We ended up working like for many, many years, like seven years. So I was programming these kind of websites, getting some passive income. I didn't know okay. it's a passive income. I was like, at some point, I was really fed up with this programming. And I told to my friend, I said, oh, I'm quitting this project. But literally, I was like working sometimes just two days a month just because we were traveling. And when I don't believe that you can travel and work I, I, since I did that, I think it's impossible. Like uh, you can arrive to a country and stay for three months, rent apartment, and then you work and like explore neighborhood, but it's impossible like to move actively and to work. So even for my team, sometimes if I see that somebody's applying for a job at my company now, and they are traveling, like I don't want such person person who is like digital nomad, because it's hard to focus when you're traveling. Yeah, I would agree. So. I think you're right. Like, um, you know, I build working into my travel, like into my, you know, meaning um, I'll plan it. But like times have changed a little bit. One, you can hotspot from anywhere. Like so if you're on a train or you're on a plane, even you can work. Now you can use these downtimes to, to work whenever I didn't used to before. Um, but the focus part is very real. And I would say that for me, it's uh, it depends on what I'm doing when I arrive there. Okay, if I'm touring museums and parks and, uh, you know, the Christmas markets in Germany or things like that, where it's like almost like tur- touristy things or cultural things, I can actually build in work pretty well. Okay, because it doesn't exhaust me. It's not like an event. Uh, it's like, uh, it's a little bit of pleasure. Come home and work. Okay, like, you know, you build it in. If I'm doing like music shows or uh, anything that involves like, let's say alcohol, right? Or something with late night or it just doesn't work because you're already off on your time. And then you're like, you know, you, you've got uh, you've got like a little bit of um, distraction or like it's a bigger commitment than just like popping out to do this or see this tourist thing. Um, and you have to build in. It's almost like uh, build in the travel days. Yeah. So if you can get there in time. So for me, it's like travel uh the time that you travel is important if i can arrive here before monday if i can arrive here by you know because when when are people on calls and podcasts and things like that so it definitely has to be planned and i hope uh you know i hope me and my sister we travel a lot together eventually we write an ebook just like you know tips and things we've learned along the way but i will say that technology advancing has helped a lot um you know even in thailand we had a hot spot that i could get you know, I wouldn't be doing podcasts, but I could answer all of my emails, do whatever I needed to do out in the middle of the jungle. Um, so I know it's changing, but also that focus thing is very, very real. So uh, unless yeah. they're trying to get inspiration, it's not a good thing. 
Yeah, I remember there was, we were living with my wife in Malaysia and um, we were renting a house. Of course, there was no internet, just electricity. And uh, we didn't have like any kind of at that time SIM cards uh, to have mobile data. And we were receiving uh, some friends one week and uh, some travelers came from Russia, some friends, a couple. And Russian guys, they arrived like by taxi in the midnight to our house to sleep. And uh, they say, he says, oh, do you have like Wi-Fi or something? I, I said, no, sorry, next Wi-Fi is the internet cafe 24 hours a day, but it's two kilometers away. Like you can walk half, half an hour <laughs> to it at night. <laughs> and he just arrived maybe by airplane from Russia to Malaysia. And I said, sorry. And he says like, oh, tomorrow morning I have to deliver. And it's a project for some Russian ministry <laughs> or something like and he was so naive that I will have internet. And I don't know, like, I think he somehow figured out something. But it was so unusual still to have these SIM cards. And uh, and no internet. And yeah, no internet is like... <laughs> you, and my, you and my dad would get along, I think. Uh, he likes going simple, 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 <laughs> and minimal, minimal. You know, you just get used to it. And then yeah, uh, everything yeah. else feels like extra. Okay, yeah. so... So you're traveling the world. I mean, literally, even in in the first 15 minutes of this, I think you've mentioned like, you know, 15 countries already. Um, How did you go from kind of that nomadic, uh, you know, digital nomad creating sites, affiliate sites? What was the next step? We actually, uh, I think uh, programming was helping us to survive as a family and then later our child is now 10 years old so the, you know the baby was born so i was supporting in the first years of uh, when the child was born was still we settled down at some point before the child was born so we kind of were tired of this it's very stressy this kind of life traveling because you have to get used to the new place and set up your system you know daily system uh, so yeah we were literally were tired of these seven or more years of kind of uh, nomading and we settled down first in Germany and then uh, so we lived there at the beginning but I I supported my family by more serious freelance programming I quit the previous passive income job with affiliate sites at that time later I realized it was passive income I just need to maybe figure out how I can stay in that but I like announced myself I want to quit just because I was really not enjoying the programming yeah. But later I continued programming just because this was the thing which can bring us bread to the house. And um, at the same time, I was always exploring, like watching webinars, you know, what else people do on the internet. I started to learn a little about these affiliate sites. But at some point I learned about Amazon FBA. It was so exciting. It was like after maybe two, three years of like looking for something else. I really was excited about Amazon FBA. It was seven years ago. But uh, the problem one uh, was that I didn't really have like money to invest. I could invest like $500 or so 1000 maximum. And uh, I learned that it's really impossible. Like it, it's not worth. But I was following, you know, all the Facebook groups, especially. It was, it was seven years ago. And I was seeing that people are talking a lot about Amazon Europe, but nobody is talking from like influencers or educators. And at the same time, during that year, when I was interested in Amazon, uh, I learned about another business model, virtual summits. So, uh, you know, when I saw so many virtual summits happening seven or 10 years ago, 
at that time it was still called maybe telesummit before like video summits it was telesummit mm-hmm. like you were listen to audio recordings and they say yeah you just create a virtual summit it's for free and you make money i didn't get how you can make money but apparently you are making money by selling recordings of these free virtual summits which are limited to listen for free and uh, i decided all right i will uh, combine this i will do a virtual summit about amazon fba in europe and i did in 2006 in september out of nowhere like i jumped into the space i contacted like 2006 2006 ah uh, sorry 16 sorry 6 okay. years ago okay. yeah and uh, yeah i was the first to create a virtual summit in amazon like a private label space there were maybe e-commerce summits but not for amazon sellers specifically yeah. so i was doing this and i got like uh, in kind of after that first summit uh I was I started to get relationship with like many coaches from Helium 10 Kevin King you know approached me Franz Jordan from Celex like all these kind of big companies now the the, the founders they they started to be interested in what I'm doing and they wanted to be on my next show and uh yeah I started to produce like before covid I think I made like six virtual summits and I was already tired of this mm. I wanted something new so Uh, in 2019 uh, uh we did like the first physical event which was called European Seller Conference in Prague and we managed to do in 19 and 2020 uh in middle of the March in 2020 was the second European Seller Conference but during that year like when I started with the Prague conference until covid closed down all the events we did five events in four countries one in Lithuania one in Amsterdam in Netherlands and one in Israel so it was I really was envisioning Orange Click as a events company so I wanted to do 20 events in 2021 and uh, of course this passion was killed by Big C and then uh, uh, we continued doing uh, con- concentrating on YouTube channel and now we're a little bit picking up on virtual summits and we did one more in person event in june as well in portugal uh, this year and probably will do a few in person events next year but uh, by now yeah basically at orange click we produce a lot of videos so about three videos a week on our youtube channel wow that's a lot and uh, since for the last six years in the in six years we did i think 10 virtual summits and six physical events and i think this is our uniqueness in terms of events like uh, in the industry there is no other kind of uh maybe influencer or company which would focus on doing multiple events and trying different things because uh, most of the time it's a somebody maybe an agency does an event to kind of attract uh, to for brand awareness of the agency they would do this annual event a maximum two times a year and that's it because event organizing is is completely different business and it's yeah it has a lot of different moving parts and um and also our youtube channel i would say it's quite unique because it ev- developed from um doing virtual summits so we at orange click we don't sell on amazon and we don't teach uh how to sell but we bring experts like yourself or you know so youtube channel also became like you know just a 
I would say TV station, TV channel, where we talk to different experts, which are mostly service providers, and uh, they educate Amazon sellers and get exposure in some way. So I love it. Thank you for giving me a little bit of extra color and background behind the company itself and how it came to be. And it makes a lot of sense how you stand out. You know, um, uh, the Amazon Prosper Show, uh, you know, I think was originally founded by at least I know Aton and Chad Rubin. I think there's a couple others. Um, they ended up selling that and going on to do other things. Uh, and this last couple of years, you've seen a ton of events pop up. Some good, some bad, some not so great. Uh, you know, but you're right. A lot of it comes from trying to get brand awareness or trying to get exposure to who you are and what you're doing. Um, but I, I am very aware of the work that goes into a well orchestrated uh, and executed event, uh, virtual or not. It takes a lot of um, collaborating, you know, and a lot of uh, a lot of things moving all at the same time, whether it's a wedding or an Amazon event or uh, any number of things. I grew up in uh, I grew up in in a religious like, you know, environment with my parents being missionaries and preachers and stuff. So went to lots of conferences and um, things like that. My parents were just traveling. So just like you grew up in that, uh, or like you were being a nomad, I was a kid that had to go along. I was the, I was the kid that was the nomad by default. Um, but got to experience some of the, some big events, you know, some small ones. And, um, for me at, at the, at the beginning, it was about meeting other service providers. I'd like to take the, the show kind of to talk about the industry right now, as it goes to events. Um, you know, I was talking before the show started, like last year, uh, I went to a ton of events, you know, it was after the pandemic, they opened it up. It seemed like the e-commerce community was the first to like jump at events because we already have less fear than a lot of other people in that, uh, or maybe not less fear, more courage, I think, because the fear still exists, but um, more courage to just go do different things. That's why we're in e-commerce. That's why we're entrepreneurs, right? We don't have to listen to corporate, tell us what to do, what not. We got to make our own decisions. And so I, I felt like the e-commerce uh, or Amazon event industry, boom, tons of stuff. Um, and I started getting connected with the industry, meeting other vendors, other service providers. Uh, for me, it was never really about getting business from the events. It was about my network and partnerships and service providers and and brand awareness, right? Um, but toward the end of 2021, I started feeling just like, you know, I went through 2020 more like isolated by myself, like working on, you know, first in a bad way, in some ways, like, you know, isolated, I'd already been working from home for a very long time. Um, but all of a sudden, I'm exposed to a lot of other people, and not in the because of the big C word, but because uh, just energies, you know, like whenever you're sharing with other people or networking, it's like you're sharing energy and you're exchanging that with with a bunch of people. And I found myself coming back home um just exhausted uh you know physically and emotionally just uh have after having kind of had these strong boundaries from covid and then being exposed to tons of people and energy i was like wow i need i need whenever i come home i have to have energy for my team and to build the company and to focus on all the things we need to and so this year i said all that to say this and this year i was just more selective did more virtual events than just the physical events because i like to travel so the physical events got me traveling but I had to say no, and um, I had to choose more selectively this year uh, to the events and, and just try to be 
you know, real specific with I'm going to this event. This is my intention for the event. And when I get back, like I'm going to get to work and, and work on these things. At least that's where I'm at. And I think, you know, some some of my colleagues are sharing some of the same things. There's just been an explosion of events. Um, but also like you uh, in the early days on YouTube, I saw that there was no influencers. There was no real people talking about brand or manufacturers or map pricing or resellers or how to, you know, essentially elevate your brand on, on Amazon and these kinds of things. There was only the gurus, and the coaches and like the tips and hacks. And, you know, I wanted to essentially, I was very passionate about Amazon and I wanted to tell people the, the fixes I had found, the solutions, so to speak, for mm-hmm. some of these brand and, and manufacturer questions. And that's why I started pushing out content as well. Um, I since backed off of YouTube uh just not because it wasn't working but more so just needed my focus in another area but i very much uh it felt like we were on knowing that you started in 2016 like pushing content for the same reasons it seems like we kind of saw the same opening the same opportunity um what do you like now that you've been out there uh seven years now creating events for the space and the industry what do you see as um kind of what's happening in the space or like where it's going to go for me, I would love to see the blend of our Amazon industry, our Amazon focused niche, blending a little bit more with general e-commerce and strategies across social media, you know, like social media, instead of having social media conference and e-commerce conference and Amazon conference, I would love to see them start blending together. Um, what's your thoughts? Um, in terms of events, I think it will continue a similar way that some events are more regular, like Prosper Show, and some are like uh, more popping up, and then people see it's just too much work and they don't repeat it. Maybe some people will do just two events and stop it because it's a lot of work. And uh, the same with virtual summits; it's also a lot of work. And um, I saw in the last years also some people pop up with these virtual summits, especially in 2020, but. Uh, they think like they can maybe make money or become known or whatever, but it's still a lot of work and they disappear after the one event. Um, so um, in terms of like blending topics, I feel like, yes, uh, for that it might, even now, like people talk a lot about when they talk about advertising, they talk about TikTok and Google advertising. Now it's even on our YouTube channel, we have few videos about Google ads and it's quite popular videos and uh, like it's, we cannot figure out like why and not so many people are talking. So basically agencies which are focusing on Google ads for Amazon sellers have a lot of potential at the moment today. And uh, I, for example, one of the events which we did was PPC Congress is event specifically for Amazon advertising, uh, you know, enthusiasts and agencies. And one of the speakers said, uh, because we were now already planning this event, maybe in the next months, and one of the known speaker on PPC in the industry, he suggested, why don't you do something like traffic and conversions, like not only advertising, but to connect like, and I'm still uh, puzzling how to solve this because I don't want to become, I don't want the event. I really like this very niche event, like for Amazon advertisers. But if I will start bringing more advertising channels, then it will not be clear for whom is this event. Uh, so, yeah, maybe it still has to be called like Amazon PPC advertising. But then I have like 
a side track with additional these presenters just to I test. Would love to, I yeah. would love to give my two cents on that. Okay. Yeah, so before sure. I give you my answer on that, because I'm pretty passionate about the subject, I'm going to give a shout out to our sponsor, Fullscale.io. Finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit Fullscale.io. We can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the Fullscale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. So thankful for our sponsors. Augustus, for me, I built uh, my agency, Marknology, um, really out of professional curiosity. As I started digging into Amazon, I just kept discovering more and more and more and more. And I kept saying, okay, this is a problem. I need to solve it. This is a problem. I need to solve it. This is a problem. I need to solve it. 11 years later, uh, you know, here I am. And I have a full, uh, a full service agency. I think what's different in, um, in like outside the Amazon world is like, you know, we're working with a Fortune 500 company right now, okay? And this is very common. They have a branding and content team and then a division. And then they have a media buying team, right? Which is like advertising. Mm -hmm. And they're two separate, uh, two separate worlds. They have to work together a little bit, uh, you know, to stay on track with the branding and things like that. But in general, uh, the media buying is very different than long-term, uh, you know, content and branding. Well, so this is difficult as a as a full service Amazon agency that's trying to help them understand how Amazon works. Now, because I need them to talk, it's like I need the step siblings to get along, right? So I'm uh -huh. having to nav navigate these challenges. Now, if I'm talking to a smaller company, it's rare that they have the team so divided. And so I can actually talk to a smaller brand or, you know, a team that might I might be talking to the founder himself, an Amazon seller, or maybe it's just, you know, they've got a marketing person. Um, they can kind of understand uh, how the two work together. But when you think about, for me, like I started with uh, flat files, helping people solve their listing issues. Then PPC came out in 2015 uh, for Amazon sellers. And I dug, I, dug, I dove in, became an Amazon PPC expert. I was speaking on PPC, everything about it. I loved it because uh, before I could get brands that could essentially change their copy, the title and bullet points, because you had to have brand registry and be trademarked and things like this. Before this happened, uh, the PPC was cheap enough and available enough that you could offset bad SEO, bad listings with just really good PPC. Okay. Now, as PPC evolved and got more difficult and the game gets harder and things like that, categories get diff more difficult. Uh, I started learning, well, I only want to work with brands that have brand registry so that I can change the copy and images. Because if I change the copy and I have control of advertising, oh man, I can get organic ranking to really work much better. So then the next evolution, images. Okay, so what I saw was as I started working up market from an Amazon seller to working with like brands that already had existing content and assets, um, I started seeing the power of really good images. Okay, so I saw my conversion rates go up. I saw my my uh, engagement from my ads go up. Why? Because I had a great photo or because I had good images there. And so, you know, you start learning these things as you go and you're like, wow, okay, so advertising is important, but really I don't even want to advertise until my listing looks great. So it looks amazing. Why? Because my conversion rate is maybe 10% higher, 10 points higher, right? It's not uncommon to have a well-optimized listing that's 30% conversion rate on Amazon if you're doing it really well. So all these things being considered, you know, it's 
you write good copy, you, you do your keyword research, you launch your listings, uh, you know, you have like maybe the top 10 keywords for each listing. And then it's the advertising that then validates everything. You know, you've got your custom headline images, maybe you've got your DSP images, you've got custom creative, uh, you've got that first photo that, that needs to be engaging and grab people from the search results. Uh, you've got your video ads. And it's also advertising on all the keywords that you wrote in the copy way back then in step one. And it's telling you these 10 of these 10 that you thought were important, seven are great, three are not so great. And then you go back to the drawing board and maybe you change your content to, you know, to validate the seven, the seven keywords that did work. And so it's very much this collaborative back and forth between getting the page right to convert them when they get there, but then getting the ads dialed in. And so mm-hmm. for me, the traffic and conversion piece, clever name, uh, but also it's like uh, I'm trying to educate people that the Amazon platform is a lot different than how there's companies have been set up before and the teams need to talk and communicate and work together to be the most efficient. So for me, it's um, it's, it's a source of, of wanting to educate, uh, you know, the brands that are at the at the top end that th- this is different for them. Um and also there's a bit of elements in both. So if I was just an advertising agency, I would be very frustrated to be working with brands that didn't have their images or their copy or their landing pages set up for conversion. So there is a little bit of both needed. At least that's how I feel. Um, you know, I can also see the niche and like, I just want to come to this to learn. And maybe that's, you know, uh, and a 101 gets both and a, and a 201 or something is, you know, just the other. Mm-hmm. But um I, I, see, I see the need and I'm, and I'm liking that people are even thinking about it now is where I'll yeah. put it. I know it's a mouthful, but it's, it's, a, it's a conversation that I think if you want to be doing great, you got to think about both. Yes, yes. So, but it's a puzzle yeah, how to combine because um, if, you know, you start adding, if it's a specific event for a specific, uh, let's say, specialist, and then you start adding these other things, it very soon this event might be just a regular event like everybody else you know <laughs> it's just different name i know and the difference between the crowds between marketing and branding and content yeah. uh versus the advertiser that's more math brain data 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 yeah, yeah. you know it's a it's a different event uh, in a lot of ways there's a different conversation so um i have yet to make it to the um the event you just mentioned before um, I haven't been to one that's just for advertising yet. So, uh, I, I'm not sure of the difference, but you know, it's also the YouTube, I think that can help you direct, uh, what people are interested in. Yes. Yes. Uh, by the way, if, uh, you know, some people we're talking about events and if people really, uh, what happened to me five years ago, I was living in Germany and I wanted to visit some Amazon seller event in Germany. And I knew a lot of uh, happening or in Europe in general. And I couldn't find, I didn't know how to find information, what's happening, where. And five years ago, I started to um, collect information about all events I, it's, which, which is coming in my radar, uh, European events and North American events. And I launched a website five years ago, amzsummits.com. So it's like Amazon summits, amzsummits.com. And we have already like in five years, 300 events registered in our database. Wow. and. We, you know, like I literally, you know, subscribe to some newsletters. And if I see some speaker is promoting, I'm speaking in this event. I'm like, okay, this should, this event should be on our database. So yeah, if whatever, if what, you know, someone is searching for events to attend, 
I think it's a very good resource. It's for free to you know visit and see what events are coming. We recently updated the website and there is a nice map so you can see on the map the locations. I really uh, kind of uh, envy, envy uh, the North Americans because you have so many events in Europe. It's not, yeah, there are not, not so many English speaking events uh, and uh, there are still events happening in different countries, but Europe is like very, uh, information doesn't travel through the borders. So that's why I'm also keeping my, uh, you know, years open. And I know some people in Romania and here and there, and some people like send me emails. Oh, here is this event. Maybe you want to add to your database. Uh, so, but yeah, I think North America is a great place for Amazon events. Even now yes. in Mexico, more and more is happening. Yeah, a lot of a lot of my colleagues are really pushing Mexico and uh, Latin America um, from starting the first like manufacturer trade shows to you know hosting events down there. I know a few agencies um, built their teams in Mexico, so there's a couple strong agencies that are based down there. So you know if they've been training staff, if they've been training people. The community's been getting built. It's a lot like music. Uh, certain cities, as you travel, certain cities will have a better turnout or crowd for certain types of music. If that type of music has been coming there a long time and it kind of builds a culture. So I think same with e-commerce and, you know, I'm here in the Midwest in, uh, Kansas city. There's not really an e-com community here. Uh, and maybe that's mine to build. Uh, but I've been building my community like internationally, you know, uh, across everywhere, uh, instead of just being stuck here in the Midwest, as far as the community, I want to be like, uh, you know, around. Um, but it's it's opportunity. So a lot a lot is in New York or in Florida. Um, you know, you'll see a lot of events happening there. A lot of people traveling there because that's where a lot of the events in the community have existed. A lot of the uh, the nomads or the the sellers have migrated to these places to be to be around more community. Um, AMZ Summit. Is that AMZ summits plural? Yeah, AMZ summits. AMZ summits. Okay, is this just for uh, Europe events, or does this also have North American events? It's mainly North American and European because these are like the information I get in the past when there was something happening in Vietnam, Thailand. We were adding this, but it's more harder to get information about these events. Uh, I'm also, sure post COVID as well. Uh, yeah, but but it's also, for example, if something is happening in uh, like Vietnam, can be it's in their own language and. It just doesn't come to my channels because it's in Vietnamese, but I would love to add it to the website, of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So check it out, guys. If you haven't already, amzsummits.com. Um, I've actually found the site already and I didn't know it was uh, it was one of your sites. I obviously, you know, I searched it into Google. It's one of the first ones to come up for a lot of the events I'm going to. So I'm, you know, I'm like, is this their, is this their website? I don't know. Uh, sometimes you have better, more information than they do on their own site. So mm -hmm. Um, I would definitely be an advocate and say, check that out, add it to your bookmarks, be checking in, you know, it's something I'm always looking into. What events should I be going to? What should my priority list being as a speaker and as an attendee? You know, um, a lot of times for me as a speaker, uh, I, I'll go to events, but as an attendee, a double, uh, a win for me is to say, oh, I can go speak at this event and I can learn at this event. Um, you know, so for me, I'm always, I'm always choosing in that way. Um, before we wrap up, let's let's two questions for you. One, advice you have for someone that's looking, that's starting in e-commerce, that's looking for events to go to. Where should they start? Should they just jump on AMZ Summits and, and you know go down the list? Or like, what's something you would recommend uh, for some new sellers? Maybe it's the YouTube. And then number two, um, 
uh, what's next for Orange Click? Uh, you know, what's next on the horizon? And then finally, where can people find you, reach you, connect with you? Um, so yeah. one, so one, some advice for a new a new com- uh, conference attendee. Two, what's next for Orange Click? And then three, where can we contact you? So most of the physical events are, you have to, you know, invest. And if you are traveling, you might need to invest ticket and accommodation and trip at least $1,000 or euros. For beginners, might be a big money. And this is what I see when, you know, people come to our physical events. It's, of course, already at the next level, not super beginners. And uh, if you want to, you know, really scale up, uh, I always kind of say, go to Facebook groups, but don't like participate in many. Just choose one Facebook group, one or two. Or maybe if you bought a course, use the group of the students of your teacher and uh, I myself, in other things, found really big help when I focused on specific group. I was giving myself a lot of help in the group, uh, answering and sharing my knowledge. But then uh, when you are kind of active in the group, you can also ask, you know, if anybody wants to create a mastermind. So it's it's for free to organize the first set of like three, four, five connections where you can meet every week or every two weeks and brainstorm things and if you're all at the same level it will help you a lot uh, to you know everybody still knows different things and if you get someone with the next level information it will be even like more powerful so this is one of the like easiest and the cheapest way to get connected and kind of grow quickly quicker in terms of events on our website amzsummits.com there is a menu called local meetups And there we have a list of 200 meetups, which we imported from meetups.com platform. It's for, you know, and these meetups are all for free. So we kind of manually gathered uh, 200 different meetup groups publicly available. And you can see when, in which place next meetup is happening. So, of course, a lot of things are happening in different places in uh, North America, in, in US, some in Europe. And uh, this is a ve- another very good starting point if you want, you know, meet to meet physically other people doing the same thing. So it's it's for free and it's probably in your town or nearby. So take, you know, effort and go maybe even one hour drive to such meetups. Totally. And um, what's next for Orange Click? Uh, well, my, my dream is to... Uh, grow our youtube channel by bringing more videos per week bringing more experts to feature more of them and uh, at the moment like i'm also like looking for video hosts i would like to collect like a european team like more european people who could host interviews on our channel if someone is listening and interested you can contact me but uh, yeah this is kind of the vision of growing this kind of neutral platform which we are created at orange click for experts to share their knowledge and uh, for amazon sellers for free to get it and of course another good way to learn for amazon sellers is virtual summits hours or other ones in in the industry and most of the time they are for free to listen so it's also a good way to learn but not to network because virtual events it's not really very good for networking yeah so and if you want to reach out to us uh, best if you go 
yeah, you can watch our videos uh, on YouTube. Search for Orange Click. Click is spelled K-L-I-K. And uh, you can go to our website. If you want to write us an email, best you write at team at orangeclick.com. And we will uh, reply whatever you want to share with us and tell us. So, yeah. Augusto says it's very helpful. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to meet you. And if you guys are going to YouTube to start, you should obviously start with Andrew Morgan's and Orange Click because might as well start there since you're on my show. Um, would love to have you guys comment on the video uh, if you're coming in from the show and tell me what you think. Um, it's been a pleasure having you. I'm sure it won't be the last time. Uh, I know you're continuing to grow the European um, you know, um, community and happy to be a part of that, excited to be a part of that in the future with whatever that looks like. Um, you guys heard about amzsummits.com. Check it out. It's where you can find so much information around meetups, events happening in the space, um, and honestly, an authority on, on what's happening. It's been a pleasure talking with you guys. Before I sign off, once again, shout out to our sponsor, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. If you're looking for developers, that's an amazing place to start. Um, they really have an awesome thing going over there simply to look up, go there and look up, um, some of the talent and, and the, the features to find someone for your team are absolutely amazing. They have some amazing avatars and things like that. So they're really doing some really cool stuff. It's been a, a pleasure talking with you guys again. Thank you for your attention. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Augustus. Thank you, Andrew. Bye-bye. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.